Why would you look outside yourself when you have all of the world inside? One, two, three, four. I'm Father Yuri Hladio, and welcome to this week's Hot Take. If you're not a patron of the Prime Priest podcast, you're only listening to half a show. However, every Wednesday, I publish a short excerpt, or hot take, from this week's extended interview and share it with the wider audience of the Prying Priest podcast. While I vowed to keep the Prying Priest podcast completely advertisement-free because, as we all know, advertisements are evil, this means that the only way I can make an honest dollar and for the show to stay afloat is through your financial support. When you support the show, you'll get full access to every full extended interview. For all the details, including more content, updates, and my blog, visit my website, pryingpriest.com. But for now, enjoy the hot take. I'll give you a, a tentative answer, a work in progress, if you like. I think, I mean, there's other interesting works in this regard, which people will be interested in. Joseph uh, Henrik has a book on weird, you know, the weirdest people in the world. And, what, and he suggests there that actually the... The way in which uh, Christianity, especially Western Christianity, shifted the family towards more nuclear families away from more kinship-based families changed our psychology um, in ways that actually made it more more conducive to capital accumulation and so on. So it's a you know a really a very sophisticated analysis of how you know Western psychology is quite different, and actually most psychology experiments are done on Western university students, and you know it turns out they're very different you know to everybody else, um, and so. That's interesting um, as a way to think about the interaction between Christianity and the church and psychology, which I think has been has not been thought about enough. But I think there's I, I think there's one way to do this, which I don't think is going to work, and another way that might. In other words, this kind of how do they engage with each other question? I think the one way is to say, well, Christianity, especially in its um, preparation forms, basically helped to create invent the individual i think as a side and trop i think's book inventing the individual is essentially kind of saying look in one way or another christianity actually helped to create this world of individualism right and you could take you know there are extremes of that version but it's kind of moved away from more communitarian way to individualism and therefore to markets and and so on and so that's one way into it um and i don't think that really works in the end because i, I think it's a it certainly doesn't work from an orthodox perspective, but I think that it mistakes individuality for individualism, uh, as we discussed before, as I mentioned before. Um, but also because in the end, it doesn't give you enough ground, right? The the what's the ground upon which you build something like human rights, for example, right? Um, what's you know what, why do humans have rights? Um, and unless you can have an answer to the question of why. It's not clear that what, you know, it's back to the, the thing about Jefferson, right? Didn't write, we hold these truths to be self-evident. He wrote, we hold these truths to be sacred and inalienable. And that actually those rights are be, being created, those rights accrue to us. So whatever you think about Jefferson's theism, actually the fact is like sacred and inalienable and because of creation. So he gave a uh, a basis to the idea of where these rights came from that was Christ, that was at least theistic, not Christian. Um, they weren't self-evident. And actually, I think it's pretty clear now that it's not going to, it's not self-evident. And so you think of something like Mill was, in, was interested in things like a religion of humanity and you know, parts of his life and came to believe that maybe, maybe religion and Christianity could be replaced by this, by humanism. 
um, of one form or another. And I, I got to tell, I just, I just don't think that's going to work. I don't think we've had long enough. To, I think we've had long enough to try it and to discover that it's just not going to work. So it doesn't give us solid enough ground, ontological ground, right? If you want to be, if we we're going to be fancy about it, to like the being, science of being. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's going to work. I think that the kind of individualistic turn in Christianity seems to fit with like Western liberalism, but I think a much better way into it is through this idea of particularity, individuality, perfectibility, um, uh, and not on the idea of sort of just a human construct, uh, of, of what it means to be human, right? And and that, that has to be something else underneath, right? And this speaks a bit, I think, Father Yuri, to your, this idea that you just talked about, which is, are we living on borrowed time, right? In other words, are we living on values that were created by Christianity, but which we're going to run out of? Well, again, I just don't think the evidence of that is very strong, actually, but maybe it's too early to tell. But um, I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is that at some level and in some way, we have to give a different basis to why we respect each other, why we love each other, why we think these things matter. I don't think it is self-evident. And that leads you back, I think, to ideas of theosis, brackets, theosis on the orthodox side, perfectibility on the on the liberal side, particularity on the orthodox side, individuality on the kind of liberal side. Um, and, and so I think that there is something there which is also speaks to the balance between authority and freedom. It's very interesting, you know, this, this phrase of rational, you know, this idea of rational sheep, right? You'll, you'll know exactly where from Paul it comes from, right? Where does it, Galatians? I don't know. Where does that phrase come from? I, I know it from the liturgy, actually. So I don't actually yes. remember the reference from the New Testament, but I remember the reference from the actual liturgy. Yeah, the idea of kind of, and that's a very interesting because it captures this idea of a bit of like, being led but in a rational way and there's a line yeah. in mill where he says it is the true honor um of i think of the free man or something like that to be led with his eyes open um and what he meant by that was that he said anyone who does something merely because it's the custom makes no choice right so if you're just doing it because right, you're just told to do that then you're not making a choice and you're not expressing yourself you're not you're not operating on base of free will, but eyes open, you're led. And this idea about being led with your eyes open is pretty close to the idea of rational sheep that we kind of get in the liturgy because what it does is that it's, and I don't want to say they're the same, the same thing. I'm just saying they're interesting points of contact, which mm-hmm. is that it's kind of the idea of authority and tradition does actually weigh pretty heavily in a, in a million liberalism. It's just that it's not definitive, right? It doesn't, do all the work, right? We have to do some work too. And tradition can, traditions can change. And that's where I think it becomes much more difficult in some ways. But this idea about the revisability of norms, right? How do you revise norms in light of new knowledge, say about the role of women in society, right? That would be a good one. Um, and how does that change over time? Um, it is a good example, but, but that balance is there in Mill. And what happens all too often is that communitarians and that includes a lot of Christian communitarians or Christians who admire communitarians like Charles Taylor and Alistair McIntyre and people like that. What they do is they create this horrible straw man of the liberal, right? The atomized liberal, mm-hmm. who all of whose commitments are disposable, who has no values except those that he's decided on for himself, who has no commitments to it. And, and you li- read these descriptions of liberals, you're like, who are they talking about? 
because all the liberals I know are in loving families. A lot of them go to church. They're incredibly engaged. You know, they, they, no, nobody thinks nobody thinks we live in this sandblasted landscape, right? So they create a straw man of liberalism in order to defeat it with the sense of communitarianism. And that just doesn't do justice to the real nuance of the situation, which is how do you balance authority with free will? And that's a question, I think, for Christians as much as it is for liberals. The Prying Priest is a social media-free podcast, so any word-of-mouth recommendations you could make to your friends and family about this show would go a long way. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Say, why would you look outside yourself when you have all of the world inside?